the Rams house, powered by guys in shorts. Whose house? Rams house. Oh, yes. In week eight, the Rams headed over to London and took on the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. And uh, did exactly what they were supposed to, which is win in a 24 to 10 victory. Cannot wait to discuss that. Plus, uh, look ahead. Well, I guess the Rams are on bye in week nine. Good timing. But uh, we thought might be an opportunity to take a look at the rest of the division because the 49ers and Seahawks are uh, they're looking certainly better than they did last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially the 49ers. What's yeah. up with that? Uh, they have not lost a game yet that? this season. Honestly, I'm not a believer quite yet, but we're going to find out very soon. Yeah, I don't like it. We'll talk about that and uh, a couple of moves that the Rams made before the trade deadline. All of that on this week's edition of the Rams House. I'm Jeff Wilson. That is Darren Besa. Yes. How are you, my friend? I, I'm good, especially since I've had a a few boots in with uh, our, our Hofbrau oh, brew that yes, we've been drinking. Hofbrau, yeah, happy Oktoberfest. Yes. This is it. We, we had to... We had to finish off the Oktoberfest before the end of the month, so and and I I, I believe we're there. It is delicious. <laughs> yes, we are there. I'm I'm starting to see two of Jeff's. I see two of you. Well, and two's a, better than one. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. I like to think so. <laughs> oh yes. So, Rams Bengals. How about we start there? Yes. Head over to London. This was a game that we clearly should have handily won as we discussed last week the Bengals are terrible in fact uh they've since that game announced that uh Andy Dalton is benched and they're starting benched. yeah their rookie <laughs> quarterback oh poor Andy Dalton it's kind of a dick move it, that they they benched him i think with like hours left in the trade deadline so he couldn't even they they couldn't even like try and his agent couldn't even work a, yeah, any magic, magic yeah. to, to get a deal done. Yeah. It, it, it's not necessarily a good move for the Cincinnati Bengals. And yeah. more so, how does Andy Dalton feel about this? This is not really... He's in, pissed! Yeah. This is not really entirely his fault. I mean, I understand that he hasn't very much been productive this season. But if you compare that to what the Rams have done with Jared Goff, you can't totally blame your quarterback. There are right. other factors on the team that you're really going to go ahead and point fingers at. And uh, right now, uh, at least for the Cincinnati Bengals, that's the uh, the O-line. If you're not going to go ahead and protect, uh, protect your quarterback, if you're not going to go ahead and give him some time, you're not going to go ahead and help out your running backs you might have a situation in which you're not going to have a very good quarterback. Yeah. And what happens? You're going to go ahead and bench him, which, you know what, uh, I, I I would feel for Andy Dalton. But at the same time, I mean, for the organization, do you do you really give up your, your quarterback for somebody else in place who sure may or may not he's so impressive well and, they, and yeah well and and they don't want to i'm sure they don't want to lose him just in case this rookie doesn't pan out I, I don't even remember the guy's name but uh yeah yeah you i get it i get why the Bengals did what they did i get why andy dalton is pissed and he has every right to be um but well i mean put your, put yourself in in the coach's point of view you're 
you're in a spot where you need to do one thing, and that's primarily to go ahead and put the best product on the field. And whether that's Andy Dalton or whether that night might not be, which right now it is, Jared Goff, as a head coach, you need to make those difficult decisions on whether or not you want to go ahead and place your starting quarterback, even though you paid him, even though he signed a big contract into play. Yeah. Coaches have a very difficult decision every single Sunday. And and I don't know where you go with that. Yeah. It, no, it, I, I agree. It's it's a tough decision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it still sucks. That, that, that's why you and I are not head coaches. How about that? That is right. <laughs> That's why we are fantasy football GMs. <laughs> there you go. That that's the closest thing that we are gonna get Absolutely. to being a manager. As close as I want to be. <laughs> well, aside from the paycheck. I would I would definitely love that. I wouldn't mind that. That that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh so let's talk about the game, shall we? Uh where to start? How about the obvious things, which is uh it was pretty much the golf cup show. Yeah. Man, that was a great combo. Loved seeing it every time I heard those names. Oh, yeah. Goff and Cup on Sunday was a a duo that probably kind of sums up this wide receiving unit for the Rams. And I understand that Brandon Cooks wasn't necessarily a factor for this game. I I know... um, Well, he was, what, in there, what, a play or two before he got... uh the concussion? Yeah, yeah. He got his concussion issue uh, resolved. But, he, but not only with Brandon Cooks, even with Robert Woods. They're, they're really not producing as well as who our third-round draft pick a few years ago in Cooper Cup. Cooper yeah. Cup and Jared Goff, they were definitely the duo of Sunday. Um, the Cooper Cup went off for 220 yards, went for two touchdowns. Majority of that was actually coming even before the half. So if you kind yeah. of factor in what Cooper Cup was doing, you kind of, you know, look towards the end of this game. He's kind of on pace to break NFL records at that point in time. We're looking at Flipper Anderson, when which you know what he's going to take on those three hundred and thirty some odd yards, and he's going to be that number one wide receiver yeah. in the NFL to go ahead and capture that receiving the yard all too rarely mentioned flipper anderson yeah. well done yeah yeah and you know unfortunately it, it just didn't necessarily pan out for cooper cup uh in the, in the second half um maybe it's a factor of jared goff you know just trying to target cooper cup and you don't want to go ahead and force that throw you go ahead and force those throws to certain wide receivers. Defenses are going to go ahead and catch on, especially the secondary. You obviously don't want to go ahead and get any picks um, or interceptions. So you're going to go ahead and dial it down a bit. I would have loved to see Cooper Cup break any sort of records. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. However, 220 yards. I mean, you, you can't say anything bad about that, especially coming from a combo as, as Jared Goff to Cooper Cub. They've been doing this all season long. Yeah. And they're a great combo. I don't know many quarterbacks out there that are having this sort of rapport with their wide receivers. He's just finding a way, Cooper Cup, to get open. And, and that's what you want to see from your wide receivers. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know what? It, it's been it's been a great run, and hopefully, um, coming this second half, uh, they continue it, and uh, we see more production out of them. Yeah, I agree. It, now, having said that, because agree with all of that, and couldn't be happier about Cooper Cup, you know, panning out the way he is. The the concern, though, to me is, and maybe this goes more to the O-line, is I I hate being a one-trick pony. Like, I, I it kind of concerns me when we see just one, you know, quarterback and one player being the star. I like, yeah. I love when Robert Woods is involved, Brandon Cooks is involved, Todd Gurley is involved, I, I, you know. All these weapons at our disposal, and we're just going back to the well once in a while. You know, it works against a team like Cincinnati, but does that really work against, you know, <laughs> good defensive teams like the 49ers, which we've already seen? Yeah. Patriots, you know, should we be lucky enough to see them in the postseason um, in the Super Bowl? You know, knock on wood. No, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. You know what? For any NFL team out there, you don't want to go ahead and rely on just one specific person. Knowing that the Rams have other players, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, um, you want to go ahead and utilize all of them, including your running backs, Todd Gurley, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, who's out right now on injured. Um, But you know what? You see a little bit of Cooper Cup. These last few weeks, we saw a little bit of Gerald Everett. We haven't seen our tight ends for quite some time yeah. up until before this season. Now we're seeing them more and more and more. Unfortunately, we're seeing more Gerald Everett versus Tyler Higby, who got the monster contract. But you want to go ahead and make a point to spread the ball around. And and I'm maybe a little bit of disappointed in the fact that we're not necessarily doing that with players such as Brandon Cooks. I don't even think Brandon Cooks actually no, he never even caught a pass. Nope. This last Sunday. Nope. And 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 that's the guy that really you see those explosive plays. You see those plays in which you know what Rams fans like to see those 70 plus yard passes that can go go ahead and end up in the end zone. That's what we have loved to see last season. Yeah. That's what we're kind of defaulting on this season. Could could the argument be made though that you know having a guy like Brandon Cooks on the field, he takes away that number one corner and opens up the field for a Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, you could almost argue like Aaron Donald statistically is not having a great season. Yeah. But what you, it's the X factor that he brings to the field where teams have to put two guys on him. And so he's not going to get the sack. But because two guys are occupying Aaron Donald, you know, it's allowing you know, someone else to get in there and shine. Yeah. And and, and for situations like that, you, you got to kind of deviate from the box score. Box scores are going to tell you the stats. Right now, Aaron Donald looking at his stats, they're not going to compare what he has done the last season. The same thing with Brandon Cooks. But if you watch Brandon Cooks on the field, what does he do? He stretches the field. He's going to take a cornerback, maybe yep. two corners, because they're not going to go ahead and give up those big plays to a player like Brandon Cooks, to Robert Woods. 
But and as you said, you don't see that from the stats, but at the same point in time, they're contributing on the field. Yeah. And and that's what those players need to do. Whether you're going to play pay them big bucks like we did with Aaron Donald and they're not, you know, putting up those big numbers, they're out there, they're getting double teamed, they're taking two corners down the field. And they're still getting the job done away from that. Maybe you're going to go ahead and throw the ball midfield. Maybe you're going to rely on another running back for those situations. They're doing their job, and their job is to go ahead and occupy other defenses, all the other defense players. Yeah. And they, they, they've done a great job this season of doing that. Yeah. It's unfortunate that, yes, I understand that Aaron Donald doesn't have that big sack number this season, although he did get one sack on Sunday. Um, you you got to realize that these players are, are going forward and they're going to go ahead and carry this team, hopefully when we get into the playoffs. And at that point in time, then you start looking at the real concrete numbers because when it comes down to crunch time, that's when they excel. Yeah. And that's what I'm really looking Ooh, excited for. I like it. I like it. Let's shift gears and talk about Todd Gurley. Yeah. He uh, ran one in, had a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. This This last uh, week. Yeah. Um, still not quite as explosive as we're used to seeing Todd Gurley. Are we getting concerned? Whether that be a concern of Todd Gurley or whether that be a concern of our running backs, you look at this past Sunday, both Todd Gurley, he only went for about 49 yards. Daryl Henderson. Wow, is that it? 49, 49 yards on, on 10 attempts. Oh, And uh, Daryl Henderson did a little bit less. And in one of Todd Gurley's um, attempts, he went for 20 yards. So if you're breaking that down, nine yards um, or, or nine carries and 20 yards, he is not really looking like that 2018 version yeah. of Todd Gurley. And that kind of puts me in a place where I'm kind of wondering, is something really going on more on the surface than what it really is. You go back to last week's game against Atlanta Falcons. He necessarily didn't have a great day. And that's at a point in time where the Atlanta Falcons, they're only at a one-win team. You go into this week where the Cincinnati Bengals, they don't have a strong defense. And they've been known to go ahead and let your running back through. But yet again, Todd Gurley doesn't necessarily have a great game. Again, 49 yards. I was predicting last week on this podcast that, well, I was I, my bold prediction was that at least one running back would go for at least 100-plus yards, whether that be Todd Gurley, whether that be Daryl Henderson. I was really hoping for Todd Gurley, and that's not necessarily the case. We're not seeing that production that we have seen last season, yeah. and I, that gets me really worried at this point in time. Is is it is it Todd Gurley or is it the uh, play calling? Is it it is it McVeigh's commitment to the run? Because I know we've gotten away from the it run, was, yeah. But I mean, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Is it is have we gotten away from the run because Todd Gurley is not a hundred percent? If you're gonna tell me at this point in time, we're entering what week? Eight, week nine. nine. Yeah, week nine or whatever. If we are utilizing Todd Gurley and he is even a little bit injured, why are we utilizing him? Why are we utilizing him right this 
moment in time. Yeah. You're not going to go ahead and risk the factor of utilizing a Todd Gurley even after a bad knee. So if you're going to say to me that we're saving him for the end of the season, that's kind of bullshit. We're not saving him for the end of the season. If you're telling me that we are not really giving him the opportunity, well, I agree with you in some sense is that the reason why we're not giving him an opportunity is because he's not producing. Yeah, Todd Gurley right now is not producing with the run game. If you compare that to what Daryl Henderson is doing, even Daryl Henderson right now is looking a little bit better than... I was, I was going to ask you, what do you think about Daryl Henderson? Um, I, I think he has potential. Yeah. He's a rookie. This is his first season. Maybe in a few years from now, maybe next year, we'll, be, we'll see him as maybe a possible replacement for Todd Gurley. I'd hate to go ahead and say that, knowing that we have so much invested in Todd Gurley. Yeah. But isn't it coach Sean McVay's job to put to put the best product on the field. Yeah. And if that best product is is maybe Todd Gurley in the first half that we saw on Sunday versus a Daryl Henderson that we saw on Sunday, so be it. But at some point in time, you're going to kind of think to yourself, you know, we're paying somebody over $90 million. What is really going on? I don't buy the fact that he's injured. I don't buy the fact that we're going to be saving him until the later part of the season. I buy the fact that we've given a running back, whoever it is, an opportunity to go ahead and make these plays. And that particular running back right now is not making those plays. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that we haven't even mentioned is his involvement in the passing game. If yeah. you remember last season... He was very involved in the passing game, and uh, that's that's not so much this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I've known he had a few passes in which he's he's resulted in touchdowns, and that's great and all. But when when you have those opportunities, when when Cooper Cup is occupied and Robert Woods and and Brandon yeah. Cooks, if if they are occupied, you're going to go ahead and depend on this dual threat wide receiver slash running back that can go ahead and move those chains. Yeah. And right now, necessarily, you know, Todd Gurley isn't it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Todd Gurley is not the guy. I just haven't seen it so far as we enter week nine yet. Whether that pans out in the second half of the season, I hope it really does. I, I really love to see Todd Gurley. He he does, you know, such a phenomenal job when he breaks those uh, tackles and he gets that open lane. Oh, yes. Um, you know, you kind of throw in the factor that our, our O-line has, has not done a very good job for him. But what do good running backs do? They overcome that. Yep. Whether that be a Le'Veon Bell a few seasons ago, whether that be a Dalvin Cook this season, they know how to break tackles. They know how to keep running. And I'm not quite seeing that from the Rams. That's why right now I, I get a little bit concerned. And I think most most fans should be. I mean, Jeff, you, you watch the game right across from me. I mean, don't you feel a little bit cheated by, uh, by I'm, Gurley? I'm concerned. It just... It, it doesn't feel right yes, to me. It doesn't feel right again. Like, love that cup went off Goff and cup but 
if we want to make a statement and get into the postseason, we can't get away with that against teams that are legitimate, unlike Cincinnati. We need to utilize our other weapons. And, and I, is, is it because Gurley's not a hundred percent and McVeigh knows something we don't. And so he's being tentative with him. I know he had the, the pedal to the metal on Gurley all season long last year, which isn't necessarily the right thing. I think we learned that at the end of the season because he'd, he'd gassed him by the, you know, yeah. by January. Um, so yeah, maybe being more tentative with him, but I feel like by this point in the season, we would have seen more out of him. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm yep. concerned. I don't know what the answer is. And, um, we just we need to we need we need to utilize more of our weapons. Is it because the offensive line is as awful as we suspect, <laughs> or is it because the weapons are uh, lacking? Like Todd, Todd Gurley, and he's not one hundred percent. I don't. know. I mean, look at the dynamics of it. When this season has started, we all thought you know we haven't seen really much of Todd Gurley. Obviously, in the off season, come training camp through OTAs. Um, even through preseason football, you, you don't really have that opportunity to, to go ahead and watch Todd Gurley just because, you know what, that's Sean McVay's way. We're not going to go ahead and play our starters. And at that point in time, I could say to myself, you know what, Todd Gurley, he's nursing an injury. The Rams know that. They're going to give him a light load. You enter now week nine or so, and I am more confused with Todd Gurley now than I was in the beginning of the season. Because in the beginning of the season, I had a reason to think to myself, you know what, he is nursing an injury. Right now, I don't necessarily see that. I I think Todd Gurley is is overcome this injury that plagued him through, what, week 10 or 11 last, uh, uh, last season. He's over that. And right now, I get a little concerned is that, you know what, Are they not playing him just because he hasn't produced? I am clueless right now compared to the beginning of the season. I really don't know, but I kind of wish that somebody would address it. And at this point in time, address it to the point where you got to get a run game going. Yeah. Even if it is without Todd Gurley. Yeah. You have to go ahead and get that run game going. With Daryl Henderson. I I liked what I saw out of the touches that he got. And I I agree. Like, let's make a commitment and, and yeah. Yeah. Make a commitment to the run. Get it back involved. And, uh, yeah. I I don't know. Again, whether that be Daryl Henderson, whether that be Malcolm Brown, who uh, should be coming back uh, fairly shortly, at least one of the three running backs need to go ahead and step up. Yep. Agree to agree. All right. Uh, that's enough of that. Rams won. That's all that matters. That's the important part. Um, in since then. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. You got to go back to uh, Cooper Cup. <laughs> oh, more on Cooper Cup? Did you not see that double reverse play? Oh, yes. Yes. That. Which- Thoughts on that? You go ahead. That was it. Was a classic Sean McVay smoke and mirror yes. play that that I have really missed from McVay. That I have really missed from this Rams organization. 
all season long. Yeah. They have it in them to make these beautiful plays. And I was honestly, after I saw that play, I was really disappointed. And the only reason why is that I didn't get to see it in person because, yeah, I I know they're in London, they're across the pond, but that's one of those plays where you want to go ahead and say, you know what? I was there when it actually happened. You have a double reverse in which it starts out with your center, goes off to Cooper Cup, who goes off to Brandon Cooks, who goes to what? Jared Goff, who throws it downfield and somehow finds an open Cooper Cup for a 65-yard touchdown. Yeah. I love those plays. I love it. There definitely needs to be more of those uh, with the Rams. Absolutely agree. It it was great. Having said that, and I hate to be the rain on the parade, but- (laughs) You should be sitting here next to me on the hate couch. Yeah, on the hate couch. I know, right? But- so this was a play that that they said they worked a couple weeks on yeah. and they practiced this. Why use this? Are they going to get away with this play again? And and if not, why would they use this against Cincinnati, uh, a terrible team, <laughs> and just waste this play that they spent a ton of time and they have this, you know, capital invested in this play, right? Why would they waste this on Cincinnati and just use it right then? If not to just get like like a, you know, the headline from being in London and the notoriety. It yeah. felt like a Harlem Glo- Globetrotter move. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of. Uh, you know, I I don't be I, I don't mean to be a hater on it, but mm-hmm. may, may, look at it this way. Maybe the Cincinnati Bengals were the test subject. Okay, and and you kind of look at them as being the guinea pigs, in which you know what is this play even possible? Because when you're at home and you're practicing this against the defense, they probably have some sort of inkling on what's going on. Now, I'm not going to say that a play like this is going to work against you know the Belichicks out there. Yeah, but but to see that this team has executed it for the first time gives them that much more confidence that's, that's as they go point. into that's playing some of the tougher teams. There is something to be said for letting teams know that this play is something you need to plan for. Oh, yeah. And just the fact that you have to plan for it could distract another team and, and defense. That makes sense. That makes sense. And that kind of goes back to the theory on on what happens on punts. I mean, Jared Hecker out there, every time he gets the ball— Who's Jared Hecker? I'm sorry. <laughs> never that, never that's, heard of him. That's the boot talking, by the way. <laughs> Uh, going back to Johnny Hecker. Johnny now. Hecker. There, oh, there he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That redhead guy. Hunter extraordinaire. Yes, Love that yes. Guy. Oh, he's amazing. Every time he gets the ball, uh, you kind of think to yourself, all right, is he going to go ahead and kick it or is he going to yeah. go ahead and throw it? Yeah. And you know what? It has worked for no. uh, Johnny Hecker uh, against Atlanta. That And it, it's definitely worked for him in the past. Yeah. Maybe somewhere down the road, it's going to go ahead and work for him again. Yeah. So it, it's one of those situations where you can go ahead and throw off that opponent. You just want to go ahead and make sure that uh, there are things up this Ram's sleeve. Yeah. They can pull it off. They have known to pull it off. I like it that. might be coming to you again. I like that. I like that. All right. Good answer. Love it. Moving on. Can we move on? Yeah. We, we can, can move. Now we, we can London move on. in the books? All yes. Right. London is in the books. It was a W. 
Um, since then, the Rams have uh, traded away Akib Talib. So we gained Jalen Ramsey. Yes. And lost Marcus Peters and Akib Talib. This was essentially a salary dump. That's right. That's primarily what it was, yeah. a salary dump. And there may be a lot of haters out there who necessarily don't agree with it. But maybe they're looking at it at at the wrong standpoint. I understand from a keep to leave standpoint that this sucks. Yeah. Oh, well he went to Miami. Of <laughs> he went to Miami, yeah. a a team that has yet to win a game in the NFL. Yeah. And in addition to that, he's probably never going to go ahead and suit up for Miami. You got to remember yeah. that right now, Akib Talib, he's on injured reserve. So he is out for until week uh, 15. Yeah. He's out until week 15. He cannot play. And at that point in time, I really don't think the uh, Miami uh, Dolphins are going to be in any contention. They don't want to go ahead and win any games right now because they're after one thing. They're after draft picks, and by winning a game, by possibly putting in a keep to leave, you necessarily don't want that. No. So what are you going to do? You're going to eat up somebody's contract. You're going to pay him his five point five million or so dollars. We gave him what a fourth round. We gave him a fourth round. So they essentially bought a fourth round pick. Yes, is what this. Yes, is. and and the dynamics of the value of draft picks come into play here. You have the Miami Dolphins right now who are trying to get so many draft picks by tanking because that really seems what is apparent with the Miami Dolphins. If they're tanking on purpose now, they're going to get that number one draft pick. Now they have this uh, pick from the uh, Aqib Tlaib trade. In addition to that, you look at what the Rams are doing. They necessarily don't value draft picks. We don't have a first round draft pick next season. Now we just gave away Miami another draft pick. However, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Les needs some. Les needs somehow doesn't value draft picks, or you can look at the fact that he does very well in drafting his players come rounds two, three, and four. Yeah. And it's worked for him in the past. I mean, I don't know. I can't predict the future. I kind of hope that it's going to work for him uh, come next season. But uh, yeah, well, there's yeah, not much margin for error at all in his his yeah. drafting. He needs to hit on every pick. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what we have seen over these last few seasons with uh, less need. If there's an opportunity to go ahead and make any sort of trade, whether it's a good trade such as. Uh, uh, what we're seeing right now with uh, Jalen Ramsey, if you want to go ahead and call that a good trade, or maybe even if it's a potential bad trade. I'm sure at one point in time, he even looked at an Antonio Brown trade. I mean, I know no team would have picked him up, but I think Les Snead... Knowing us, probably. Yeah. I, I think Les Snead had said at one point in time, does he factor in any crucial role to this organization to get a Super Bowl win? Yeah. And, and 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 that's the less need kind of way. He will go ahead and make a move regardless of who you are. And these are big boys. These are, this is you know they keep to leaves out there. This is business. You can be on one team one day and on the next team the other day. They're used to this. Don't feel yeah. bad for the guy. He knows what, you know, playing in the NFL is and does to you. I'm sure he would have loved to have been with the Rams, but 
You're you're on injured reserve. Yeah, we 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 have no value in you right now. You, you kind of haven't lived up to your paycheck and the hype. Yeah, yeah, no, it it makes sense. Yeah. Um. So trade deadline has come and gone. Any um, anything you would have liked to have seen from the Rams? Um. You know, I I. I'm still kind of iffy on the Jalen uh, Ramsey uh, cornerback issue. I I see the potential for it. I understand why they uh, gave up a keep to leave. If anything, I think the Rams could have made a little bit of a splash at our offensive line. I, and I yeah. know there's a lot of pieces in the Rams right now, and there's there's some holes that we need to go ahead and fix. I think the O-line right now is probably that one spot in which we really need to go ahead and fix. Yeah. Again, that kind of goes back to giving your your quarterback, any quarterback, some time, giving your running back some holes. That's the key to any offense right now is your O-line. Unfortunately, we didn't make that. I know at one point in time, uh, Trent Williams was an issue. Maybe he was a target. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. And it comes to a disappointment in in my eyes in that um, the NFL trade deadline has passed. And the biggest news out of out of the day on uh, on Tuesday was uh, what? The Rams giving up a key to leave. Yeah. <laughs> which was just yeah yeah which, which was yeah which was a salary dump you're yeah. saving yourself 4.2 million dollars whether that we use that for for a Jalen Ramsey deal whether that we we use that for somebody else um it, it's putting us in a in a better spot but I mean that can't be the good news for the NFL when the Rams just dump Aqib Tlaib's yeah. I mean how how is that good for the trade deadline I mean I don't see it yeah. No, I agree. Especially in the state that the O-line is in. Oh, yeah. For sure. But yeah, yeah I mean, hopefully uh, we can get things right. And um, I mean, that I feel like that's something that's going to have to be fixed in the draft or, or in oh, yeah. the offseason. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on. We're headed to bye week. Yeah. Week nine is yeah. our bye after the trip to London and... Uh, They've been on a road trip the last couple weeks. Yeah, we're we're in Atlanta. Yeah, we're in London. Actually, we take the bye. I, don't we uh, play Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh in, in Pittsburgh in week ten. Yes, we're also on the road on that one. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, then we'll come back home to play the Bears. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah. So it, it'll be good to get a week of rest between this uh, this tough schedule. Um, and the Rams we'll really, yeah, the Rams really need some rest. I mean, yeah. you know, Malcolm Brown uh, currently out. I'm sure uh, these next few weeks uh, we can probably see him back. Um, you know, uh, Brandon Cooks um, out with a with a second concussion uh, of the yeah. month. So, Yeesh. yeah, we we probably even if there was a game this week, uh, he probably was at a point where he's going to be day to day day-to-day up until that point and if he, if he wasn't available then you know we're, we're going off of off of uh, another uh, fourth string wide receiver but that extra week is going to definitely work in our favor whether that gets Malcolm Brown back whether that gets Brandon Cooks back even um, Clay Matthews uh, yes I know he's been out for uh, his jaw issue uh, hopefully at that point in time uh, we can go ahead and see a little bit more of uh, Clay Matthews coming back He's produced well uh, so far this season. 
So uh, it's it's a good timing for the Rams. It's a good timing for the bye. London has been great, you know, for these last uh, three years. Uh, honestly, kind of yeah. kind of sick of going to London. Yeah, yeah, done, <laughs> done with that, done with that. So of that. Uh, yeah, Let's get into our home. Yeah, so I, I'm glad for the bye uh, coming up. Yes. All right. Before we get out of here, let's take a minute to talk about the rest of the division. And by the rest of of the division, I mean everyone except the Cardinals because they don't count. Uh, 49ers are 7-0. And and the Sea Chickens are 6-2. 49ers. Yeah. Real deal or not? Um, The verdict... Right now, on my standpoint, is is I am not convinced yet. With the really, point. yeah, still, I understand. There's I seven think and they're zero. The real oh. deal. I think they are. This is a division opponent, and you think they're the real deal? I mean, I wish I wish they weren't. I I certainly wish they weren't. But I, they passed the sniff test. They um, demolished us visually. Yeah, they they definitely demolished the Rams. And I'm not saying at that point in time the Rams were a good team. Uh, they've also demolished it was two weeks ago or yeah. three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I can I can say that as a Rams fan, yeah. they were not a good team. Yeah, uh, even at home. Um, but I I don't see right now who the 49ers have played who are tough opponents. The second half for the 49ers coming up, they've already had their bye. They are on schedule uh, to pro- to possibly lose a few. I know uh, the Ravens are one of the teams. I believe uh, Saints are also in Seattle. So, well, let's look at that. They have the Cardinals this week, Thursday night, tonight. You know who I'm rooting for. Cardinals, come on, let's go. Yeah. Oh, go Cardinals. (laughs) Come on. Let's give them a loss. They have the Seahawks next week in 10. Um, You know, in that, you know, it's like pick your poison there. Uh, The Cardinals again in 11. So that's that's potentially... Three more wins. They could essentially be ten and zero. Yeah, they have a very light schedule. With you games. saying that and seeing what they have yeah. played so far, the 49ers have a very light schedule. Yeah, in week twelve they play the Packers. Okay, so that's uh, you know one of their first real you know challenges in you know yeah recently. Uh, so then they have Packers, Baltimore, New Orleans in weeks 12, 13, and 14. So that's three weeks of tough games. There's at least one or two losses in there. Um, but then they face Atlanta. That's a win. Ugh. They face, face us in week 16, which uh, you know I'd like to think in a revenge game we get that one. And then they have Seattle in 17. So say that they split. The Seattle series, because they play them twice and they, you know, lose one or two out of the Packers, Baltimore, New Orleans, they're they're still going. <laughs> thirteen and three. Yeah, yeah. Thirteen and three is, is probably and honestly, uh, the way I see it, a, a best case scenario. They're yeah. still taking the division. Uh thirteen and three, they'll be taking the division. Seattle probably will go ahead and disrupt them for one of those games. Same thing with um, the uh, the Saints. Well, I think we'll go ahead and take it. And the same thing with uh, Baltimore. Yeah. Um, 
maybe the Rams uh, on that later part of the schedule can go ahead and put a damper on it. And maybe at that point, we know Seattle has lost a few. I don't know what Seattle's schedule is looking uh, ahead. Well, let's just take All a right. look at it. So Seattle has Tampa Bay next, okay. which, you know, that could be a win, could yeah. not. I yeah. mean, they, they came in and demolished They, they come us. through when they have to, yeah. Yeah. Um, 49ers, Eagles, Vikings, uh, us, Rams. Panthers, Cardinals, and 49ers. Mm. So uh, Seattle's schedule's not quite as easy as the 49ers. Um, I feel like there's there's opportunity for them to, oh yeah, uh, you know, come back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, and and that last Seattle game that we played uh, in in Seattle, it it really came down to that uh, that Greg Zerline oh. muffed. Uh, oh. <laughs> it hurts. I mean, it's Greg the leg, and you can't fault him because he's brought so much to the team and done so much. But gosh, dang it! It's when one of those. Look th- back. Oh yeah, it's one of those things where we're what we're five and three right now. Doesn't six and two sound so oh, much better? So much better. <laughs> so much better. A matter of what uh, a, a yard or so on that field goal. Yes. And- <laughs> oh. Right there, it is. It that is was painful. Yeah, I don't want to talk it, it, it is painful, but uh, you know what? The NFC West, they they really have some uh, tough opponents. Absolutely, whether that be the yeah. 49ers, Seattle, and the Rams, as you said, the Cardinals are not in it. Uh, we have a very good division, yeah. And uh, I, I really hope that at least one of the two wild card spots will come down to the Rams. I'm really hoping that. Uh, Seattle will go ahead and uh you know take lose a, a step few back. yeah That'd be and, great. and and I really feel that the 49ers are going to go ahead and take a step back. I think I see probably in their schedule at least uh a two game stretch in which they're going to go ahead and lose back to back which uh, makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. That's going to be experience in which you know necessarily the Rams or the 49er players they don't they haven't expected that. They haven't yeah. felt that. So that's going to put a damper on their mood. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, not to rain on the parade, but the, the other uh, problem is we have a tough schedule in this back end. We got Steelers should win that one. Should Bears should win that one, but their defense yeah. is, uh, you know, pretty solid, even though, you know, offense has been questionable and Trubisky's it seems like he's taking a step back. Yeah, Ravens, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Then we have the Cardinals twice uh, in in that end. Sea Chickens, 49ers, and uh, the Cowboys. Yeah. So, you know, none of those games are games you can fall asleep on. Cardinals, yeah, but again, it's divisional yeah. games and, and who knows. Yeah. I mean, Ram- Rams right now, they, they have that opportunity. It's in their hands right now to go ahead and lose it. Um, we definitely do have some tougher opponents. Um, again, I, I think the Seattle game is probably a game that I would love to go ahead and take back. But if Ugh. you're not going to take it back from a few weeks ago, at least take it back from this point and on. Uh, the 49ers uh, game that we have coming up, I uh, really want to go ahead and get them back. Uh, Cardinals, you know, as you said, we play them twice. I, I see the Rams taking those. Um, you know what? Ravens, uh, they are a tough team. And uh, their defense is pretty strong. Yeah. So uh, hopefully uh, our offense, and especially Cooper Cup, if he's going to go ahead and pan out uh, like he did uh, uh, this last Sunday, hopefully he can go ahead and take on 
take on their defense. But uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good ride. Yeah, and uh, I really hope that at least we can go ahead and uh, you know get a wild card spot. I, I would really yeah. <laughs> be so disappointed. Oh, if, uh, that coming, would hurt. That coming would hurt. off of a Super Bowl appearance and uh, yeah. not getting back into the playoffs. Oh, I don't it, even want to talk about it. It happens, no, it's gonna, but no. it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're right. We'll we'll be there. <laughs> agree Wild card. to agree. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, good stuff. That's it. Yeah. Shall we enjoy our bye week? We will. Let's relax this Sunday. Oh, yeah. We can we can just kick back, drink beer, and and watch other teams suffer and or win. Uh, Thursday night, let's let's root for the Cardinals do to you, beat. Do you San watch? Uh, do you watch football if uh, the Rams aren't playing? Absolutely, you do. I do. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Who do you watch? You I just love kind it. of everyone. Everybody. All right. Yeah. I got the Sunday ticket going. <laughs> Uh, oh, it was great this last weekend. All, my all, wife, all games going at once, huh? My wife went out with a friend of hers. They went to church and shopping all day. So I had the whole house to myself. <laughs> I could watch football uninterrupted. It was the best. Watch football in your tidy whities Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> maybe There's maybe a visual not. for you this, listeners. Yeah, this, it's, not, it's not the 80s. And I'm not my father. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I love it. I do. I, I even, it's funny because fantasy football, I think is what really got me into football, but anymore, I, it doesn't even register. I don't even need fantasy. I just enjoy watching the game. Good for you. Because you know what? The Jeff Wilson that I knew about seven years ago, didn't really care much about Not at all. Not at all. And I know you committed to the very first team, as you said all along, to the very yeah. first team that would come into the city of Los Angeles that you would be the fan of. Unless it was the Raiders. In- unless Whoever it was the came Ra- to LA, <laughs> I was all in. Yeah. And I was look- hoping it was the Rams all along. Yes. And, and look at you now. Even though the Rams are not playing, and even though you didn't have fantasy football, as you said, you would still go ahead and watch it. Oh, I love it. Oh. I love it. Yep. Good for you. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, I don't have kids, so I can- You don't, yeah. You know, I can I can do that. You can't pull it off as easily. No, I can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially not this weekend. Yeah, right? I'm going to be at a baseball field oh, all weekend. Oh, good for you. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll think of you. Yeah. Watch some games for me. I'll do it. I will do it. We're out of here. Be sure to check us out on Twitter as well. Follow all the updates on the games at the Rams House. That is us. And uh, hey, if you uh, like the rest of uh, LA sports, check out Guys in Shorts. That's the other show that we do. We talk about sports, entertainment, pop culture. This last week, we talked about what makes the best fantasy football team. What parameters should you set? Number of teams, uh, scoring, uh, amount of players, fractional format, fractional points, tiebreakers, trades, all of that. What perfect parameters should you set for your fantasy football team? I know that's not necessarily imperative to right now because your fantasy football teams are set, but I'm telling you what, you're going to want to bookmark that episode for next season when you set up your fantasy football leagues because 
it was it was a pretty good episode. There was some solid advice. Oh, I mean, really good advice. Do not join a a league that has sixteen no, managers. No, 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 no. no. That the, Darren That's, Darren made the good point. If someone asks you to be in their league, the first question is how many teams are in the league, and if it's more than twelve, just say no. <laughs> just turn around, walk away. Yeah, you don't want to be a part of it. Nope, nope, nothing to do with it. Absolutely. Uh, so that and plenty more tips on the Guys in Shorts podcast. Check that out. All right. We're out of here. Darren, You're out, yeah. enjoy your bye week, my friend. Oh, I will. <laughs> <Me too>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For Darren Besa, I'm Jeff Wilson. Whose house? Rams house. Rams house.